Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Um, I love Sundays. I just get excited. My whole family's like, how many days till Sunday? How many days till Sunday? That's how Bo, who is six, learns the day of the week is. I'm like, okay, well, today is Monday. So that was yesterday. Now, like, how many days? And because he wants to know when he gets to come back and hang out with you guys and your kids. You guys are such a blessing to our whole family. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart when I say it is just an absolute honor and privilege for Becca and I to serve you guys. It is so much fun. We do love it. All right. Well, we're in this series and we're calling it Chasing Giants. We're looking at some giants of the faith, not physical, not, not giant stature, but just some amazing things that they did. And we're looking at their life and what they went through as a result. And we, we really focused on Joseph, really just focused on Joseph and what he'd been doing and what had been going on in his life. And if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 39. This is where we, where we find the story, the account of Joseph. When I say story, many people just think of something that's made up. But this isn't made up. This is what happened. So this is the account of Joseph, and we're, we're following what happened. And what we see is that at age 17, God gave Joseph a dream, two dreams actually, giving him just a glimpse, a hint at what God wanted to do in and through Joseph. But that was at 17, yet that dream never came true. It was never fulfilled until he was 30 years old. He had 13 years of not just sitting around and waiting but of God working in him, working on him, and working through him. And so really we're looking at that and we're seeing what it is that he went through and we're looking at these these battles that he had to fight, these tests, so to speak, that he had to pass. And the first one we looked at was pride. And the pride test really in this situation comes right into how will you respond when God shows you or he gives you the dream? How will you respond And then we go to the pit, and he was in the pit, and the pit, the pit is, how will you respond when things and the devil come up against you, when they come up against this dream that God has given you? And he passed this one. The pride one, not the first time. And each of us, this is what's going to happen. Don't don't think you're, count yourself out or checked out just because you didn't pass a test, because you're like, well, I know an area that I failed in, so that took me out. No, it took you back to the beginning, and now you start over again. And don't think, the other thing is don't think, well, I passed that test once, so I'm never going to have to pass it again. Even Jesus, when the devil tempted Jesus, when, when Satan left, it says he left Jesus for a more opportune time. So we never want to be like, well, I'm, I'm good with that one. That, that, that one I already passed. But we're looking at these series of tests. The pride one he didn't pass the first time. The pit Man, he did, he did amazing. He passed that. He served God where he was, and he gave God the glory. He realized that what he was doing was serving God. And then last week, we talked about the purity test. And the purity test is this one. Will you serve God in private? Will you serve God in private? Do you trust that what God has for you is the very best? That's a very simple statement. But living that out is not simple at all. That's the pride test. And today we're going to move to the prison test. So you have your Bibles, Genesis 39 
And we're going to start in verse 16. And where we find Joseph is he is in Potiphar's house. He was sold as a slave. If you've missed any of the other weeks, he was sold as a slave by his brothers, brought to Egypt. And there he was sold to a man named Potiphar, a very wealthy man. But there in Potiphar's house, he served the Lord. To the, and as a result, Potiphar saw that whatever Joseph was in charge of, God blessed. So Joseph became the head of Potiphar's house. He ran everything for this man, everything for this man. But, Joseph, but Potiphar's wife took notice of Joseph, and Joseph was like, no, I'm not having anything to do with you. She says, you know, no, no, come to bed with me. He's like, no, not happening. Verse 16, we pick up the story where Potiphar's wife had caught him alone and said, hey, we're all alone. And he's like, no, I am not having it. And he takes off, but he leaves his cloak. Verse 16, so Potiphar's wife kept Joseph's cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him the story. The Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is what the slave did to me. He burned with anger. So Joseph's master took him and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. Let me just ask you this question. What did Joseph do wrong? Nothing. He did nothing. And yet, what, what ends up happening? He gets in trouble. He gets in trouble for doing nothing wrong. Verse 20, while Joseph was in prison... The Lord was with him and extended kindness to him, granting him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Then the warden put all the prisoners under Joseph's care so that he was responsible for all that was done in the prison. The warden did not concern himself with anything that was under Joseph's care because the Lord, you got to remember this, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success at whatever he did. Here's what the prison test is. The prison test is this. How are you going to respond? When you suffer wrongly, unduly, and you don't deserve anything for it. Joseph did not deserve this. Did Joseph do anything wrong? No. Absolutely not. But yet, he gets punished. So how is he going to respond? And, and we can see what he did because in the following verses, it says that God granted him favor. And here, remember this, God's blessing is on his way. God's blessing is not on what we ask him to bless. God's blessing is when we do it God's way, we get the results that he promises. It's, it's, that, that's how it goes. So Joseph is doing it God's way, and we see that as a result that God is granting him favor, that the Lord is with him and gave him success at whatever he did. That's what it, so God, Joseph is doing it God's way. Proverbs 10 says this in verse 29, the way of the Lord is a refuge for the blameless. The way of the Lord. There's a way that we're supposed to do things. And when we do it that way, that way is a refuge. God's blessing is there. It's just plain and simple. That, that's, that's where we find it. It's there. When it's raining outside and you take an umbrella, if you put it up, the umbrella will work. But if you take the umbrella down, you can have that umbrella, but it's not going to do you any good. Because there's a way that it's meant to be used. You've got to hold it up in the air. And no, you cannot jump off the roof of your house holding an umbrella. 
and want to know how I know, because as a little kid, we watched Mary Poppins. And so I thought, this is going to be a good idea. So I thought I'd start with the deck. So I jumped off the deck with an umbrella. Guess what? It didn't work. And I thought, I know what I need to do. I need to get higher. <laughs> so we had about a two and a half story house. And I crawled out the second story window. And from there went around and got up on the top of the roof. Luckily, my mom saw me. He's like, what are you doing out there? Get down right now. So I got down. There's a way you're supposed to use an umbrella. And God's way is where we find his blessing. That's where it is. And Joseph is doing it God's way, yet bad things happen. Now, for many Christians, that just throws them off right there. Because what they believe, that they believe that doing things God's way and easy are always together. They're like, well, if God was in it, it would be easy. And things that are easy, they assume, is God leading them. Many years ago, um, I worked in, in, in student ministry, and one of the students that I'd, I'd, I'd been with for just many, many years was getting ready to go off to college. And he's like, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing about this. And we were praying together. And he's like, really be praying. I'm headed out to California, and I'm interested in going. And he loved playing football. And I'm like, okay, so we, we, we pray. And, and he goes out and visits the school. And then he's like, hey, I wanna, I'm really excited. God did some really cool stuff. I want to talk to you about it. So we got, we got together for lunch, and I'm like, all right, what, what happened? And he says, well, I went out there, and, and I was just kind of a blind, like, walk on the school and see what it's like, and I got an aunt and uncle that lives out there, and he goes, but you'll never believe what happened. I'm like, okay, so just tell me. Don't even make me guess. And he's like, well, he goes, I went to the football field. I was just checking out their facilities, and the head coach walked out on the field. And I'm like, Okay. He goes, and he talked to me. And I'm like, that's great. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, that, he goes, that is God. And I'm like, could be. And he's like, no, 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 that just doesn't happen. And he talked to me, and he told me about this, and, and he told me about what it would be like if I went to the school, and he goes on and on. I said, oh, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I said, did you find a church while you were out there? And he's like, no, 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 but I talked to that coach. And I talked to him, and I'm like, where are you going to live when you go out there? He goes, I'm going to live with my aunt and uncle. I'm like, well, okay, are they, are they believers? Are they going to help you get out there? Like, do, do they go to a church? Like, that you can, you can go to a church with them? He goes, no, 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 but man, God just did this, and that God has to be in it. And I looked at him, and I go, that was not God. And he goes, you don't know that. I said, yes, I do. Because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if God is leading you to do something in that position, you're going to be able to seek first the kingdom of God, not football. Seek first football is not what the Bible says. And he's like, you don't understand, you're wrong. So he leaves. He goes off, and that's the school he goes to. And it was about maybe nine months later, maybe a year and a half, I don't even remember exactly. And he calls me, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, not good. I go, what do you mean? He's like, well, I got out here, and I know I told you I'd find a church. And, and he just begins to lay out a sequence of events of didn't find a church, got involved with the wrong crowd. I mean, you, you can probably guess the story. And he's like, I, I, I just, I, 
He's like, I need to, we end up praying. He, needs, he recommits his life to God on the phone. A couple months later, he ends up moving back, and he's like, man, I just made a whole mess of so much stuff. And he assumed that God was going to lead him through the path of least resistance. And God can open up doors, absolutely. But God does not lead us through the path of least resistance. And, but many believers, if something goes wrong, like what Joseph had happen, they'd be like, well, obviously, God is not in this. God's left me. Something's wrong. They'd start pointing some fingers somewhere, usually not at themselves, because that's just not what we do. That's not what I do. You know, we, we, we find external things. But Joseph didn't do that. Joseph is in prison, and we already know he's there wrongfully. But instead, he just serves God right where he is. There's a theme that we keep running across. I don't know if you've picked it up. I'm sure you have. That it's, it's being faithful and serving where you are. So Joseph decides to do that. He's like, okay, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to take a stand for what's right. And one of the things that we're, we're up against right now is that whole, like, take a stand. Like, you are not popular if you take a stand against, well, let's just say it this way, for God and the things of God. It, it's not popular. That's a shift for some of you. Some of you are like, no, this is just normal. But you take a stand for the things of God, and there are people who just get mad at you. And they're like, you can't do that. And, and, and you're being judgy. And they're like, well, there is a right and there is a wrong. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. There is a right, there is a wrong, but there's, one of the ways that the world does this, and this is what they tell, the world tells believers, is they like to say things like this, well, God is love, so you just need to love everybody, and the answer is, I do. I love you enough to tell you what you're doing is wrong, because the wages, if I believe that the wages of sin are death, then I don't want you. Do I care enough to tell you the wages of what you're doing, the Bible says is death, that God has something better for you? There's something better for you. When, when I did youth ministry years ago, one of the things we would do is we do icebreakers quite often where we would do different... Um, we play tricks on the students. It's really just the best way to, best way to say it. And one, of the, one, one day, what we did is I got two huge glass bowls. They're about, honestly, about this big. And I made two huge ice cream sundaes. And it was like a half a gallon of ice cream in each one. I mean, just, 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 just scoop after scoop after scoop after scoop after scoop. And then I put chocolate all over it and Sunday, and then a, a little like cherry on top and just this big old spoon. And we're going to have an eating contest. So we had that one up there and I made that one. And then I went over and I took a glass bottle, another glass container looks the exact same, but instead of ice cream, I took shortening. So it looks like ice cream. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So I just, I scooped it and I took scoop after scoop after scoop after scoop and, and then I just took chocolate. I drizzled chocolate all over the thing, put the cherry on top. And if you looked at them, they both looked the exact same. 
And so we get them like, hey, who wants, who likes ice cream? And we're asking all the students. They're like, I know, I like ice cream, I like ice cream. Because they can already see it up, up on the stage. They're like, who really likes ice cream? And they're like, oh my God, that's I do. Kids are jumping up in the air. I love it, I love it. It's so much fun. Kids are a riot. And you're like, okay, who, who would like to eat this ice cream? And, and then they're like, get back in your seat because they're halfway coming up. And they're so excited to eat this stuff. And I'm like, all right. So, so one of the helpers picks somebody from this side. And somebody picks something from this side. And they run up there. There's a few of us that know what's about to happen, because we're going to have an eating contest, and we're going to say, who can eat the most ice cream in 30 seconds? And so they're sitting there with their spoons, and these kids are looking at that, and they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. And we just say, out of your mark. And then you look around the room, and there's a couple people who are kind of like, I wish I was up there. I like ice cream. I'll eat more. And they're like, they're still yelling, I'll take your place. But the people that know... They're not even looking at this guy. They're looking over here at the shortening. And they're just like, oh my goodness. Nobody had phones. They would have had them, but they weren't the phone things back then. They're all like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then we say go. And he takes his spoon and goes, and the first kid threw up all over the stage. That's kids ministry. Like, that's awesome. And the other kid's over here like, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just eating as much as he can. And we're like, you stop it. You're going to end up throwing up too. And See, it looked great. It looked like something good. But what I knew was it wasn't. And there are things in this world that they look great. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But if we believe that God leads us through the path of least resistance and that troubles indicate that we're out of God's will somehow, then when, we're, when, when people stand against us, we'll crumble. And we won't stand for the things of God in this world. When somebody says anything, we'll just back down and we'll just... Because they say, well, you can't judge me. And you're like, well, wait a second. The Bible says, don't you know that you will judge angels? How much more the things of this world? There is right and wrong. And we know right and wrong because we know what the Bible says. And we speak the truth in love because we don't need to condemn. And sometimes, sometimes the people of this world know, some, know more scripture than some Christians. And they bring up things like John 8. And they say, what about the woman that was caught in adultery? The woman that was caught in adultery and brought before Jesus because they were going to stone her. Like with stones, like they throw them at him and then they die. And they were going to stone her. But Jesus, the Bible says, didn't condemn her. And you're like, yes, you're absolutely right. He did not condemn her. But what does it say in John 8? It says in verse 11, well, actually verse 10, that after Jesus had said, he who has no sin, strike the first stone. And all the crowd left, verse 10. Then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. He didn't condemn her. He called her out of. He called her out of it. And we're not, we're not meant to be condemning machines. We're not meant to be little condemners. We're meant to call people out of into the better that God has for us. But that does require standing up. But if we think every time we hit resistance and somebody says anything bad or doesn't like our post or doesn't like, we, well, I don't want to offend anybody. 
the gospel is going to offend some. It's going to offend some. I like the daylight. I really do. I like the light. Um, I like to be able to see. I love it. But in the morning, when I'm used to being in the dark, and you just flick on that light, that's the worst. That is the absolute worst. My dad used to wake me up like that. He would just reach his hand in. My room was in the basement. I didn't even have a door. It was a curtain, and my walls were cardboard. So he would just reach his, reach his hand in, and he'd flick a little switch, and the light would come on. I'd be like, ah! And I thought I was dying every time he would do that. Because when you're used to the dark, you're uncomfortable in that light. And it's going to be offensive when we speak the truth of God's word and we bring light into situations. We want to do it in love and bring people out of it. It's not to condemn them and leave them where they are, but to call them to something better, the truth and the life of God's word. Because he has a plan and a purpose for their life. It's to give them a hope and a future. There's a way that leads to death. It looks right to, the man, to, to man, the Bible says, but in the end it leads to death. That Sunday looked really good until they took a bite. But if we believe that everything that God does is going to make is going to be easy and is meant for us to be easy because God's going to bless it and we're never going to we're never going to run into any obstacles, we'll back down. We won't stand. We'll say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you don't like that. Oh, okay." But the truth is, if we we need to speak up in love and call people out of call people out of. That's one of the reasons why I've never been an a real advocate for standing on the side of the road with a sign that says, turn or burn. Because it's truth, but you're not calling people out of something. You're just condemning them where they are. And most of the time, nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. So we want them to know how much we care, but we're going to have to stand. And it might not always be easy. We're coming up on the holiday season. Some of you are happy about that and getting together with family, and some of you are like, I can already see the scenarios playing out. We don't want to go to their house, and who do we have here? And we'll see who can come and who can't. Because it's crazy, and Uncle so-and-so is going to come, and they love to fight, and this one loves to argue. And let me just say, you can win an argument and still be wrong. But they love to argue, and they can do that. And so you're kind of dreading even going to some of this stuff because you know what's going to happen, and you can almost anticipate it. Let me just encourage you that we're called not to condemn, but to call out. And that something hard, God is in us doing some hard things. Jesus died on the cross for you and me. It wasn't easy. Joseph did everything. He was doing this right. He ends up in jail for it. Jesus did everything right, and they killed him for it. If you and I, who don't do everything right, do you think you and I can expect it to just go perfectly smooth and for everybody to just love us all the time because we're Christians? No. If they hated Jesus, they're going to, and Jesus said this, if they hated me, they're going to, and you're my followers, he says, they're going to hate you. So there's times where the world will take offense because we are bringing it, we want to bring it into the light, and they don't like that at the moment. Because when you're used to the dark and the light comes on, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. 
There are good things that don't feel good. Last week, I smashed my finger. I just, just smashed it to the point that I, I didn't cut it, but the inside of the tip of my finger came out. And it's like, oh, it was bad. So Becca wasn't there. And I was like, hey, uh, could you get home? And so she comes home and she's like, she looks at it and she's like, you need stitches. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to the hospital. And she's like, you need stitches. And I'm like, nah, I'll just tape it. She's like, no, you need stitches. Well, she, she's like, wait a second. So she calls a friend and she's like, because I told her, I said, if you want me to get stitches, you're going to have to stitch me up because I am not going in. So we tried like some, some like tape. And, and stuff, but, but it wasn't a cut. It was like a, you know what I mean? So like the insides would come out, and when you'd go to put it together, the insides would try to come out of my finger. So it just wasn't working. But she's like, if you want this to be right, she's like, it, it, you need stitches. And I was like, well, then you get to stitch me up. So she's like, okay. So she gets some stuff, and, and, and so she stitches me up. So we're at the, we're at the kitchen table, and, and she's stitching, and, and Molly's over there just staring at it, watching, and and she's like, can you feel that? And I'm like, yes, I can feel that. The little needle goes in and comes back up, and she's pulling on it. And the friend's like, oh, that one pulled through. We did that too tight. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can feel that. But it's something good, but it hurts, but I know it's going to bring me something good. And here's what I want. I want you to, as a Christ follower, realize he's going to call you to some things that might not feel the best, but it's good. When he calls things out in us, and he's like, hey, that thing that you're chasing after, that position at work, that hobby trophy, whatever it might be, he's like, that's, that's in the wrong place. There's nothing wrong with it, but you put it in the wrong place, and it needs to move. God wants something for us. And it might hurt for a season of just, okay, I've got to lay this down because I've, I've made it an idol, and I'm serving it instead of God. Maybe it's things. It's great to use things. It's great to have them, but if they have you, there's a problem. And God calls that out in us, then we have to get rid of it. We move, we, we realize God is doing that for us and that he's not against us. But this is the prison test. The prison test is how will you respond when you suffer for doing good? How will you respond when you stand up and you're trying to do it and you speak out in love and all of a sudden family and friends turn against you? What is it that you're going to do when you're wrongfully accused? Joseph just kept right on serving God where he found himself. We speak the truth in love. We're not here to condemn. Call people to something better. The most loving thing that we can do when we see somebody going the wrong way and we know where it ends is lovingly tell them. It's tell them. Years ago, I was headed out to go mountain biking and uh, I came across one of those road close signs. Anybody ever see one of those with like the, the three bars across it and it's in the middle and just says road closed? It doesn't say like detour this way. It just says road closed. Anybody ever see one of those? Yeah. I came across one of those and I was like, eh, whatever. So I drove around it, right? I'm like, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Because it don't always mean road closed. You know that, right? So I just cruise around it and I'm going slow for a while. But it's like been a while. 
And I'm like, there's still nothing going on. So I speed up, and I speed up a little more, and I speed up a little bit more. And finally, I'm cruising about 45, 55 miles an hour. And I come around a corner, and all of a sudden, I see why the road close sign was there. Because they were doing work, and they were redoing a bridge, and the road just stopped. And I'm like, ah! So I slam on the brakes, and I'm like, and there's this big big what's going to be a culvert or something, the, the, the cement tube that's going to go in the ground and it's not there and there's a few of them and I'm like, I'm going to hit it. I'm like, I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to hit it. So I slam on the brakes and the road stops and the pavement wears out and I end up on gravel. I end up sideways like right up against this concrete. It doesn't really damage the, the car. I don't remember if it hit the mirror or not. But I was like, oh, that's what that sign way back there was for. It had just been so long, and because I wasn't paying any consequences for being where I was, I assumed I was okay. Sometimes we blow by those, signs, those, those road closed signs in life, and because we don't immediately see a consequence, we assume, eh, it's okay. We build up more and more steam, doing our own things. little knowing that we're going to come around a corner and it's not going to be too far. And sometimes we don't notice until it's too late. We find ourselves in a situation and we're like, oh, that's what that was for. Let me just encourage you with this. God has a way and his blessing is on his way. You might do things right and everybody will not love you for it. And sometimes there's people in this world that they've cruised by a road closed sign and they're cruising and they're having fun and they're loving where they are. Anybody ever done something wrong? Anybody ever sin and have fun? If not, you weren't doing it right. Like it can be fun for a moment. But oh so often it costs you more than you want to pay and it keeps you longer than you want to stay. You end up a slave to something. You end up addicted to something. Jesus says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The world does not like it when we call out and we call into the dark and we say, that's not right. But the most loving thing that we can do is lovingly call them out from it. Sometimes it's just opening up a door being like, hey, you know I don't agree with what you're doing. Do you ever want to talk about it? I'm here. I'll tell you why. I believe God has something better for you than what you're doing. The choices that you're making. I see you, and you're prioritizing your life a different way. Away from God, away from the things of God. It might be fun right now, but do you see where that road is going? We speak the truth and we speak it in love. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know what, for me, you thought that the troubles that you're going through meant that God has abandoned you and left you. You thought that it was because of the things that you did wrong. And some of that is almost always true because we do so much wrong. The truth is, you could, 
You could do everything right and you're still going to run into trouble. You're still going to run in. You're still going to have bosses that are weird, employees that don't do what they said they would do when they would do it. We're in a fallen world. And the only remedy for it is Jesus when he comes back. And he is. Let me just encourage you in this. As you're following God and the dream that he has for you, don't give up on that dream because things get hard. God leads us through and in hard things. You might have to take a stand and it might not be popular, but do it in love. You're Christ's ambassador. As though Christ was making his appeal to the world through you. That's it. We lovingly reach out to those that are drowning and don't even realize it. But we do it in love. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? As we close this morning, I want to just ask, if you're here, you say, you know what? I don't know where I stand with God. I'd like to, I'd like to think, I'd like to think that if I was to die, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I'd like to think that I'm on my way to heaven, but I don't know. Maybe you're here and you said, you know what? It's been so long since I've gone by that road closed sign. I don't know if I can turn back around. I've been doing my own thing for so long. But Jesus made a way where there was no way. You're thinking it can't happen. But Jesus came, he paid the price so that you could be free, so you could be forgiven, set free, and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you, you say, you know, today I want to give my heart to God, or maybe you're just saying, today I need to give my life back to him. I followed some paths that ended up wrong, but today I want to commit my life to coming back and giving him my all. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray together. Get ready. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up all the way up and say, that's me, and today is my day. Thank you. All the way up. Anybody else? Today is my day. Awesome. Would everybody, would you repeat after me whether you're in this room, if you're online, if you're online and you say, I need to pray that prayer, you just repeat after me, all of you that raised your hands, as you say these words, make them your own, say them from your heart, but let's pray this together with those that lifted their hand. Everybody say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. Today, I commit to follow you. I love you. I need you. Thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.